Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. Thank you for listening. And now, here's the Sunday's message. So I grew up in a rural part of Ontario, and neither of my parents were farmers. We didn't live on a farm, but we did live out in the country, which meant that along our property ran an electric fence that the neighbor would use to keep his, his horses and cows in the field instead of running off. And whenever our friends from the city, from the suburbs, would come to hang out at our place, my siblings and I would always find some way to bring them down to the electric fence. Now, we weren't monsters. We would tell them that it would shock them. But they had never seen an electric fence before. They didn't really believe us. I mean, if you look at it, it just looks like any old fence. Just looks like any old wire, and, and invariably we dare them, well then, why don't you touch it and see what happens? Because that's what kids do. They dare their friends to do dangerous things. And they would touch it, they would get shocked, we would laugh at them, it was great fun, right? <laughs> but I always like to take things a step further. And so I had one friend who had already touched the wire, so he already knew what the shock was like, and I just happened to to ask him a question. I said, I wonder what would happen if someone peed on it? (laughs) Now, I won't tell you how the story ends, but let's just say that my friend came to a rather shocking experience. But all of my friends, you know, after they touched the wire, they realized This fence isn't boring anymore. It doesn't look like anything on the outside, but there's a power coursing through it that they couldn't see. And right now we're doing a preaching series on the fundamentals, looking at the essentials of our faith based on the four pillars of the catechism of the Catholic Church. And today I want to speak to you about the pillar of worship. The pillar of worship, which deals with how we celebrate the sacraments of our church. There's seven sacraments. There's baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, confession, anointing of the sick, holy orders, and matrimony. Those are the seven sacraments that we celebrate here in our church. And on the surface, they can sometimes seem a little bit boring. Like there's nothing really going on. It's a bit of a show. And we wonder... Is there any power to these things that we're celebrating? I mean, take, for instance, the sacrament of baptism. There you are. You bring a baby into the church. You pour water over his head. You say some prayers. And what's the end result? You have the same baby afterwards, right? He's just angry at you now because you poured water all over his head. Or what about confirmation? A teenager comes up for confirmation, and from the outside... He's still the same teenager as when he came in. He just has a face that's a little bit oilier than usual because the bishop has just smeared oil all over his forehead, right? So it can all feel a little bit underwhelming, kind of like you're looking at an electric fence. It just doesn't look like too much from the outside. But is it possible that there's a power in the sacraments that we're missing out on, that we're not seeing because it's going on below the surface? And if so, where does that power come from? Well, we get a clue of how the sacraments work from our story 
of Moses in the desert that we heard today. Now, for context, Moses has just helped the Hebrews to escape out of slavery in Egypt. They're heading towards the promised land of Israel that God has promised to them. But right now, they're in the desert. And in the desert, there's no water, which means they're all in danger of dying. And they start to doubt the Lord, and they are asking Moses, is the Lord among us or not? They're doubting, is God even with us? We don't see him helping us out here. But God comes to Moses and gives him instructions on how he's going to bring water to the people. Now maybe Moses is thinking, okay, maybe God's going to give me a map to a local well or to an oasis where we can get water. Maybe he's thinking, maybe God's going to make it rain in the desert or send a wandering caravan our way to bring us some water that they're going to share. Nope. God says, take your staff, which you struck the Nile with, and go. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. And just imagine Moses thinking to himself, really? That's what you want me to do? Imagine him going to the people, saying, don't worry guys, God has told me how we're going to get water. I'm going to take this stick, I'm going to hit that rock over there, and water's going to pour out for all of you. They must have been thinking, the desert sun must have finally gotten to Moses, right? But Moses was obedient. And he used these objects that God told him to use. And as a result, God works a miracle that saves the life of his people. And there's a couple things that stand out about this whole story. First of all, it comes at God's direction. Moses didn't make this plan up. He didn't think to, my, to himself, you know what, this is the best way to bring out water in the desert. I'm going to go and do this. No, he was listening to God's instructions. The second thing is that Moses used visible things. He used a staff. He used a rock. He used a very visible hand gesture of hitting the rock to bring about spiritual help from God. And then finally, it's God's power that comes through. It's not a magic trick that Moses is doing. There's nothing about hitting a rock that would bring water out of it. It's all the power of God coming through because Moses is being obedient to what he told him to do. Now, the sacraments actually work in a very similar way, and I want to read you a paragraph from the Catechism of the Catholic Church that explains how sacraments work. So the sacraments are efficacious signs of grace instituted by Christ and entrusted to the church, by which divine life is dispensed to us. The visible rites by which the sacraments are celebrated signify and make present the graces proper to each sacrament. So there you go. Right? That's, that's pretty self-obvious, right, how that works? Yeah. No, I mean, it's a little bit confusing, okay? We're going to break it down. We're going to go through how this works. There's some confusing words in there. And I want to point off right off the bat that the word grace is used twice in this paragraph. So grace, whatever it is, is, it's tied to the sacraments. And grace, grace is a help that comes from God. It's a favor that we don't deserve where he acts in our life. He actually gives us his own eternal life. And so sacraments are connected to grace. I also want to point out that they are efficacious signs and visible rites, which, what are, what are those, right? So 
When you see efficacious, that's a fancy church way of saying effective. So it's an effective sign, and it's a visible rite, which means these rites that we celebrate, these things we celebrate, they're visible. We can see them. The sacraments are tangible. They're things we can hear. They're things we can smell, taste, touch. They can be experienced through our senses. And this is because we are body and soul. Every single one of you is a human person made up of a body and soul. You're not a soul trapped in a body. You're not a body that happens to have a soul. You are body and soul. And so God designed the sacraments so that the spiritual help that they give to your soul can be experienced in your body. That's why sacraments use things like water, oil, bread, wine, hand gestures, like a bishop laying his hands on a man to turn him into a priest. You hear the words of absolution. I absolve you from your sins, right? These are sacraments that we can experience with our bodies. Okay, sacraments are also instituted by Christ and entrusted to the church, which basically means we didn't make them up. Jesus instituted them. It's not like the church came together one day and said, you know what would be a really good way to initiate people into our church? By dunking them underwater. That, that makes sense, right? We didn't look out and see men and women together and we're like, you know what? Marriage is a really good idea. Let's, let's just create something where husbands and wives can become married. No, Jesus instituted these sacraments and then told us how to do them. He entrusted them to the church in order for them to be celebrated well. And then finally, sacraments signify and make present the graces proper to each sacrament. Now, that's a little bit confusing, but basically this is saying this isn't magic. Jesus is the one that is working here. And God gives the grace, the help, the favor from God that is signified in the sacrament that's taking place. So look at baptism, for instance. You pour water or you dip someone in water. What does that look like physically? It looks like washing, right? We're washing someone. That's what's being symbolized. Well, in the sacrament, the symbol actually brings about the grace that's being signified. So the person's soul is being washed as the body is being washed. And all of the sacraments have a proper grace that is given to those who receive them. And when it comes to the sacraments, we don't have to guess if there's power in them or not. We don't have to be like those Hebrews that escaped from Egypt with Moses that are wondering, is the Lord among us or not? We don't have to worry about that because in the sacraments, we can be confident that God is in fact with us. God is not bound by the sacraments, which means he can do whatever he wants. He's God, right? He's not bound um, by them, but he has bound himself to them, which means he's made a promise that every time we come to receive these sacraments in faith, he will pour out the grace that he has promised is there for us. So, if you don't feel something really profound and extraordinary every time you come to the sacraments, that's okay. Because their power isn't based on your feelings or your emotions about them. But often, there is no deep experience of the sacraments because we don't have a deep understanding of the sacraments. We don't know the power that God has given them just below the surface. And I want you to have a deep understanding of the sacraments. I don't want you to be in the dark. I want you to know how they work so that you can experience their power in your life. 
Remember, everything that we learn about God is meant to help us love him more. And the more that we love God, the more we want to learn about him. And so when we learn about the sacraments, we grow in love in our deep relationship for God because when you receive a sacrament, you are coming into contact with Jesus himself who is present to you in them. The Catechism says it so beautifully. It says they are efficacious, they are effective because in them, Christ himself is at work. Jesus instituted the sacraments. The only reason they work, the only reason they have power is because it is Jesus himself who is bringing you grace in them. So when you go to confession, it is Jesus himself who is hearing your brokenheartedness and offering you forgiveness. In the anointing of the sick, it is Jesus himself who comes to the sick person and ministers to them his mercy and his healing in the midst of their pain and their weakness. All the sacraments flow from Jesus Christ as their source. Without him, they would just be empty symbols, empty rituals that we do but they wouldn't have any power. But because Jesus is there, there's a power to them. It's like that electric fence, right? It doesn't look like anything special on the outside, but Jesus is there with power. And I want to tell you a story of an anointing that I did for a person a little while ago who was in the act of dying. They were in the active stage of dying. This person, let's call her Mabel, she was very, very old. She had been in a coma for a week by this point, and she hadn't received any food or water since then. And so she was very, very frail, very, very close to death. And so I was called as a priest to come to her place and to give her the anointing of the sick. Now, the only other people in the room were her caretaker and her granddaughter. And as I came into the room and I saw Mabel lying in, in bed, I introduced myself. I said, hi, my name is Father Isaac. I'm a priest with the Catholic Church. And I'm here to give you the anointing of the sick to help you get ready to meet Jesus. And her granddaughter kind of interrupted and said, Father, you don't have to talk to her. Like, she can't hear you. She's in a coma. And I said, you're right, she is in a coma. But I don't know what she can hear. I don't know what her consciousness level is. And for the sake of her own human dignity, I'm going to introduce myself and help her even on a spiritual level to get ready for the grace that she's about to receive. And so I started the prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And immediately, this woman who had been in a coma for seven days shot her arms up in the air like this. And the caretaker was startled. The granddaughter's jaw dropped. And I just said, I think she knows we're here, right? I think she's been waiting for this. I think even on a spiritual level, her soul is responding to the presence of Jesus who is coming to her. The grace is starting to be poured out and her body is responding to what's happening. And I anointed her and very shortly after she died, ready to meet Jesus. This is the power of the sacraments. From the outside, it seems so meaningless. There's an old woman who's dying. Some guy comes in and puts oil on her head, oil on her hands, and prays with her. But deep below the surface, there's a power 
coursing through the sacraments because it's Jesus in the room and he's ministering to her. In every single sacrament, Jesus is waiting for us to come and receive his grace that will bring us to eternal life. In the gospel, Jesus is sitting by this well and he offers to the Samaritan woman the gift of living water that will satisfy her for all of eternity. And the same is true for every single one of you when you approach the sacraments. Jesus is waiting there for you. He says to you, come and drink. Come and receive the living water that is pouring out for you in my grace. At your baptism, Jesus says to you, come and be washed of your sins and be reborn as children of God. At your confirmation, Jesus says to you, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receive my Holy Spirit. Be set on fire with divine love. Every time you come to confession, Jesus says, come to me. Leave your burdens. Leave your sins at my feet, and I will forgive you. Every time you come to Mass, Jesus says, come to my altar. Receive my very presence, my body, my blood into your soul. Every time you receive the anointing of the sick, Jesus comes to you as your divine physician and brings you his healing and his mercy. For those of you who are married or are going to be married, Jesus says, come to me with your spouse, bring your love, and I will elevate it. I will elevate it supernaturally and bond you together for life. For those of you who are called to be priests or deacons, like Father Dan and myself, Jesus says, come to me and I will make you into my ministers of sacramental grace to the world. Jesus says, come to me. From his heart pours out living waters for us to drink that will bring us into a deeper relationship with the God who created us. When you receive the sacraments, and I hope you receive them often, come with an expectant faith because Jesus is waiting to release powerful, powerful graces into your life when you do. Thank you for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this with a friend. God bless and have a great week.